God of love, God who gives us salt in our lives, who makes us salty for the service of others. Today, let us reflect on those places where our lives feel bland and where we thirst and hunger for flavor. May we discern what gives our lives flavors and lean into those things that give us life and joy and bring salt to our lives and to others. Amen. So I'm just wanting to set the context a little bit for what Brian will offer. And I wanted to share some experiences that I had last week. And uh, on Thursday, I attended a meeting called Yes in My Backyard or YIMBY. Have you heard about this at all? Okay, so some of you are here. So, so the Yes in My Backyard movement right now is specifically related to housing across the nation and in particular in California. And so I attended a meeting at the Prune Yard at the um, sports basement there. And there were about 20 people who attended the meeting. The majority were 20 and 30-somethings, a few uh, middle-aged folks like myself. And what they shared was that the housing crisis is definitely deepening. So, for example, just some stats that were a little alarming to me. There was... um, a 14% increase in jobs in the Bay Area over the last uh, about a year, but only about five, three to five percent increase in housing. So the jobs are increasing at a rate uh, that of outpaces housing, and they're mostly in the tech industry or, or in high-paying positions. So as you know, what happens when that happens is the housing stock that is available goes to those who can pay most for it, And those who are in the middle income and lower income are pushed out of being able to afford housing. And uh, the California poverty level right now, when we account for housing, is almost 20%, 18 point something. So these are just some uh, statistics to keep in mind. And this lays the context for the work that Brian is doing in establishing safe parking. Because what we're finding is that houselessness isn't, for just for people like in our imagination, people who are struggling with addiction or alcoholism or mental illness, houselessness is impacting families where two parents are working full-time jobs with children, and we are seeing increasing numbers of families living out of their cars. So they sleep at night in their cars, they drop their kids off at school in the morning, and then they go to work. And we're seeing this more and more, and it is indeed a crisis. And one of the families that was at this meeting shared that story where their rent, uh, a young white couple in this case with two children, um, their rent had increased beyond what they could afford. They were able to move temporarily in with a friend in cramped conditions. And meanwhile, the mom had an unexpected health issue come up, which meant that she had to take some time off work. And so in these times of economic vulnerability, it doesn't take much to be fragile in that context. But it's not just younger people who aren't working in the tech industry, whether they're teachers or nurses or um, just sort of the ordinary professional jobs. Uh, It is also elderly folks. So 50, so people over 50 living on the street now make up 31% of the houseless population. 31% nationally of our homeless and houseless are people over 50. 
And so that is certainly uh, an, a statistic that impacts our congregation here. And that lays a little bit of the groundwork. Um, what Brian and his community discovered when they ran the pilot for the safe parking program in October, and Brian will speak to this a little bit more, but they found that doing this program brought saltiness to their community because the, just the, the joy that people experienced being able to touch people's lives in really meaningful ways and building community was palpable and people's spirits lifted within the community, but also in the folks who participated in the program. And I will let Brian speak more to that. Thank you, Brian. Yay. Good morning. And, and thank you for welcoming me into your worship. Um, so I'm really pleased to be here for a lot of reasons, not least that I'm, uh, I value very much the way our two congregations uh, have been uh, uh, doing things together over the past year or so. Um, uh, I'm a little surprised to be here talking about this, um, but it's partly because last Easter, uh, when I was very new to this topic, I've only known about safe parking for a little over a year. But last Easter, uh, when at this at the dinner that uh, that Reverend Naomi just mentioned uh, might happen this year, I walked up to her at the dessert table and said, "Hey, I've got this idea I want to tell you about. I don't what I'm talking about, but can I tell you about this?" Uh, and so for two minutes, I explained what I knew about safe parking at that time. And she said, that sounds really interesting. You need to talk to Larry. <laughs> and then a couple days later at the, at the sunrise Easter service at the breakfast, I sat next to Larry and said, here's the thing I'm learning about. It's called safe parking. And here's how I've heard about it working at other churches. I think I'm going to convince our church to do this. What do you think about doing it UCC, and uh, and so that's led to a lot of conversations, um, and so uh, but there's been a lot of collaboration uh, and and working together between our two congregations, and I think that's uh, really valuable for both of us. So so again, thank you for having me here. Um, uh, there are a lot of details and a lot of stories uh, and a lot of angles to this safe parking uh, the safe parking topic. Uh, and when I thought about how I could talk about it this morning, uh, instead of like trying to tell you the whole um, story of how I got here, I thought I'd organize it um, uh, in, uh, by sort of individual. Uh, Reverend Naomi said, oh, I'm going to talk about saltiness. And how is this salty to you, Brian? Uh, and I, I thought, oh, okay, so I can talk about myself, sort of the one-on-one -on -one individual aspect, and then expand it to the congregation. What did this mean to our congregation over at FCC? And then I could expand it again to, this is really um, a project among multiple congregations, both in the network that we've formed in this neighborhood that includes Campbell UCC, um, but also there are several networks around us. So there's a network of networks. Um, talk about the whole uh, Santa Clara Valley uh, and what's going on. So it's not, I'm not going to be strictly chronological. Some of these things overlap, but sort of expanding in these, in these circles as I go out. Um, so like I say, I didn't even know what safe parking was before January February last year. Um, uh, and we had a speaker come into one of what we call an adult forum that happens after church. 
Uh, and so we had one of the, um, the social worker people in the valley come and give a talk. And um, one of our very enthusiastic people said, yes, we can do this. And uh, I'm going to go to the next meeting, and we're gonna, I'm going to make sure we do this. Uh, and the person who gets us involved in some things a little before we're sometimes, and I'm on our board of trustees, so right, so that's the board responsible for the finances and the property. Uh, and I go, out of self-defense, maybe I should go to this meeting too and make sure I know what we're up to, what she's up to, and what, what we're, gonna, we're getting into. So I was kind of skeptical at the beginning. Um, I wasn't sure this was something we could do. It sounds really scary when you first hear about it. We, um, uh, more than a decade ago, we hosted a rotating men's shelter. Uh, and that was something that worked really well for us. It was among multiple different churches. Uh, it's something that got shut down, again, over a decade ago uh, for problems I didn't completely understand at the time. Uh, so it seemed like there was some potential, but it also seemed like it was something we didn't understand very well. Could this really work for us? Um, uh, it started me off on a path of um, interviewing people that were operating safe parking programs. There's been one at St. Lucie's for, for five years now. Um, uh, and each person I talked to said, oh, you should go talk to this person. So I've interviewed uh, the people who run the programs, I've interviewed social workers, I've interviewed, um, uh, again, uh, uh, fortuitously, I was invited to a meeting that, uh, that uh, Reverend Naomi had with the chief of police of Campbell, so I got to talk to him about what he thinks about safe parking, and uh, you know, it turns out he likes, them, likes safe parking programs quite a bit, although he was skeptical at the beginning, but St. Lucie's has worked really well, so he encouraged me to keep going. Each of these meetings I sat in, somebody said to me, wow, I think that's a great idea, or this has really worked for us, you should keep going. Or Reverend Naomi, who didn't really know anything about them, said, I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about this either, but it sounds like this is something that can really help people. You should keep going. And so for me personally, each of these encouragements kept me going down this path of learning and understanding. Uh, I eventually ran into Prince of Peace Lutheran over in Saratoga. And they started, have started a rotation. They've been operating for about a year and a half now. There are about 10 churches and a community college over there. They call themselves Rotating Safe Car Park. And they're very well organized. Uh, they offered to be a mentor to us. And the light bulb went off for me. Oh, this is a place we could learn. So I began volunteering with various churches over there. Got other people from First Congregational to go over and volunteer over there as well. Um, so, so for me, this was the place where I suddenly had the confidence, oh, I personally can do this. It's not a hard thing to sit down with some of the people who are houseless and are living in their cars. It, it, I became friends with some of them. I developed relationships. And it, um, uh, it took away a lot of the unknown. And um, uh, uh, for, for me personally, I suddenly developed relationships with people that uh, I would never have met otherwise. Uh, I'll come back around to that when I get to the congregation part. But another piece I want to add is that along this journey, I had to deal with the city of Campbell because the city of Campbell at the end of last year uh, updated its ordinance. They call it a camping ordinance, but what they mean is homeless people finding a place to sleep. And it turns out it's illegal in Campbell to sleep in your car overnight. And this wasn't something I was aware of until this law came up. Uh, it's been on the books for a long time, but they had to revise it last year because of some case law that happened in other places. Um, 
I'll come back around to this one a little more uh, later as well because this is one that took multiple congregations to, to deal with. But for me personally, uh, I mean, this really offends me. Uh, and I could spend a lot of time on this. I won't try to turn this into a, a long talk, so I won't go down this, this rabbit hole too long. But the fact that our city has a law that says you can't be in your own car on a public street you know, beyond a certain hour at night and be asleep in your car, uh, you know, they'll come and they'll ticket you. And you know, that just hits me in a place that uh, really motivates me to do something uh, to help the people who might be in that situation who don't have an alternative to that. Um, uh, so let me jump to what does it mean inside the congregation? Well, I've got a few other people to come volunteer with me as well. And we all carried these stories back into our congregation. The people who at first said, this sounds really scary. What, you mean we're going to have a homeless shelter on our parking lot? You know, we drive down the highway and we see what happens in an, under an underpass. We don't want that. We don't want people to damage our property. We love our church. We love our space. Um, but, but those of us who went and volunteered to other places and saw how it was working were able to say, well, but, yes, some people who are houseless um, are in situations where they aren't able to respect the things around them, but we're not talking about those people. We're talking about people who, uh, who still have a car, and some of them are still working. And, um, you know, these are people who are hiding right now because they don't want to be disturbed. Um, you actually seeing them when you're driving around because they're probably at work during the day, or they might be hanging out at the library, or I don't know where they are, but not who you see. These are people who are trying not to be disturbed, and, and they just need a place where they know they can be safe. It turns out they form a little community and they watch out for each other. And, um, uh, and as more and more stories got told inside our congregation, people started to get really interested. And, uh, and our congregation said, well, why don't we try this? So we, uh, as Reverend Naomi said, we, we did a pilot inside this other rotation of Saratoga. So even though we're not in Saratoga, they said, yeah, we'll help you do one month. So they had a gap in their schedule where some had to drop out. So in October, First Congregational hosted for a month. Uh, and members of the congregation volunteered. Uh, Mary and Catherine came over and volunteered with us. A couple other churches also who had people who wanted to learn about this came and volunteered. Volunteering was not a very big thing. Come and spend a couple hours in a morning or an evening uh, you know, in one, of our, uh, in one of our spare rooms, we set up some tables, a jigsaw puzzle, we made coffee, had a few snacks and things. It was a place for people to come in and have a little bit of social time, a human connection, store the leftovers in the refrigerator if they had something. Um, once a week, we made a dinner and invited people in. So it was a little bit of a human connection. Uh, we, do, we did make sure our bathrooms were available all night. And they parked their cars in our, one of our parking lots and slept overnight. Uh, it turned out uh, that our congregation went crazy over this. We had more volunteers than we had time slots to do. It was really energizing. Uh, our pastor uh, still calls it a surprising response and the most energizing thing we've done in a couple of years. Uh, it seems like it's something that we're going to be building more and more of our outreach work around. Uh, I do hear this from other congregations as well. So um, uh, Menlo Church, which is one of those big mega Presbyterian churches that has multiple campuses around the Bay Area. Um, they're in, they're in our, our new network now. They, um, their pastor called me when he found out we had a new network going, and he said, okay, we're part of Rotating Safe Car Park. Um, 
We've done this once over here, and that is the most energizing thing I've gotten out of my congregation there. I'm the pastor who covers all three uh, campuses in the South Bay. I want all three of them to be active in this, so can my San Jose campus be in a new rotation as well? Because I need them to have this kind of thing as well. So this aspect of serving these people, um, uh, what did I... I've, I've been at, so I went around and asked a couple of our church leaders, so why is this so valuable to us? I mean, I, 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 mean, I get that it's a face-to-face, you're helping someone, but what is it, what is it about this? Well, it's, we have this beautiful campus, um, and we're getting to share it with people. We always say we're the extravagant welcome. This is the way that we're actually doing it. We're welcoming, we're welcoming people who have a real need and that we would never make a connection within, and we're actually living out that welcome. This is not giving money, this is a do, and it's actually, we're not doing very much, right? We're saying, here's a parking lot that's not getting used at night, you know, please come be safe. And we're treating people who are humans like humans and who otherwise don't get treated that way. Uh, it's been, I, I, just, I, had a, I had a jotted down a couple different things here. I'm probably not thinking of all of them, but it, it, um, it, it is a connection that, um, uh, that, that keeps continually surprising us across our congregation, how, uh, how it seems like a small thing, but somehow it's a big thing. Uh, the police chief said to us uh, uh, in our meeting that um, uh, for him this was such a positive because it was um, a way of helping that was matched to the capabilities of churches, even small churches. You know, he, uh, it was a kind of a weird meeting. He gave us uh, a lot of counterexamples. We, we heard many counterexamples of way people tried to help that wasn't actually a good way to help. Uh, uh, and then a small amount of the meeting saying, well, this is a really good way to help because the, capa- the, you know, the property that you have and the kind of volunteer capabilities that a church has are well matched to this segment of the ho- houseless population and, and the kind of help they need to receive. Um, Along the in parallel with all of this going on, um, uh, when I realized our church was actually going to do this, I reached out to the other churches that had over the past year also been there'd been some conversations around. Weren't there multiple churches that wanted to do this kind of work? So, like I say, back last Easter, um, this church uh, had said yes, maybe this was something that could happen here. Um, there are several other churches around. Um, uh, so through the Campbell Ministerial Association, Home Church, and Campbell UMC, just up uh, Winchester here, have, have been interested. Um, on um, Meridian, there are several churches uh, that uh, uh, were part of the same introduction to, to, to safe parking that I'd gotten. So Christ the Good Shepherd and Cornerstone over there. Uh, Bellarmine High School had been doing this on their own for several years already, so they were part of our conversation so I went back to those, uh, uh, several of those churches and said, uh, we're actually going to do this. Do we want to all do this together? And um, lo and behold, they'd all been on their own or a couple of them together still trying to make something happen as well. And so the fact that there were multiple of us all on our own trying to do this um, uh, gave us a momentum. So we have created a, a network. We're called Silicon Valley Safe Parking. Uh, we are up and running right now. So Bellarmine is hosting uh, right now. They've been hosting since uh, the beginning of January. Uh, at the end of February, they'll do two months in a row. At the end of February, 
the guests, we, we call the people who park with us guests, they're not like clients or we call them guests. Um, they will move to Menlo Church, which is in Almaden. So there are a couple of churches a little further south, uh, Menlo Church and Westgate Church. Uh, and in April, they'll come back up and go to Cornerstone Church, which is at uh, Meridian and, um, and 280. So we have six churches, counting your church, although you're a little bit tentative at this point. Um, my hope is that you'll... Um, uh, that you will very much want to do this. Um, and we have Bellarmine High School. Uh, I'm working to get other churches in so that we have a full year of, of the calendar filled out uh, by the time we get to the gaps in our current calendar. Um, uh, this set of churches uh, and school um, let us do more than any one church could do by itself. So it's not just that you can fill out a whole year. It's that uh, there's, uh, now I can't see the clock in the glare. Uh, there's, um, uh, uh, the connections among the people across the churches. Um, so maybe not everybody in the church will meet everybody in every other church, but, um, uh, but here's a half a dozen uh, different faith communities all building friendships as people volunteer from one to the other. So, each church that I'm aware of has sent volunteers to each other's churches. And any time there was a need in one church, oh, we don't have enough volunteers, or somebody, you know, we didn't have somebody who could come on this particular day, other churches would send people. The pastors and leaders from each church are getting to know each other. And so there's more opportunities to do things together um, uh, across different faiths, um, across different neighborhoods. Um, there's this network of churches, plus there's all the ones in Saratoga. Uh, uh, so I'm not someone who's ever been that involved in church and church activities in my whole life. I know more pastors in Santa Clara Valley in the last year now, pastors, rabbis, uh, bishops from the Latter-day Saints. Uh, it's, uh, uh, like, I said, well, like I said at the beginning of this uh, talk, I'm a little surprised that I'm in this position giving you this talk about uh, you know, how to tie together um, organizations of faith to do good. Um, uh, I'm a former tech executive, uh, and here I am uh, pulling together the pastors of many different uh, houses of faith to do this work for the people in our valley who have this need. Um, the, the aspect of bringing together these many organizations also gives us mass, gives us many people being represented and we're beginning get, to get the attention of our political leaders uh, and the bureaucrats in our cities and the social service agencies. And so when you can say, I represent 10 churches and we're serving all year long these houseless people in this way and look at the success, um, then you get, the, you get a response. And so our Silicon Valley safe parking isn't yet at that point. But Rotating Safe Car Park has just been able to say to the county, uh, we're doing this, but the agencies that we need to supply the case management to those, those guests is short of funding. And they've just gotten the county to say, okay, we'll, we'll give up some of that money that we have for homelessness services into that particular program. And so that gives us now hope that we can do that into our program as well. So, um, uh, so the individual, the congregation, 
the community of congregations. Um, so I, I see that I've, I've probably gone on a little longer than I intended to, so I will try to wrap up. I don't, I'm not, I mean, as I tried to, as I wrote, uh, wrote these notes, I didn't actually have a, a conclusion because there's a start to this story, but it, there isn't really an end yet, right? It's an ongoing thing. Um, but what I will leave you with is a call to action. Um, uh, Campbell UCC can be a great part of this. It's, uh, you know, each congregation can only do what it can do, and, and it's kind of a small thing. I mean, even the whole rotation, in some ways, is only doing a small thing in this big problem of the housing crisis and people who are unhoused in our valley. But each of these small things adds up together, right? So, uh, you know, we're only serving uh, a dozen to 20 people uh, in, our, in our whole rotation every night. But each, to each of those people, it's a big thing that they have a safe place to be. But when you put the whole community together and when we have multiple of these rotations going, um, it's, it's teaching all of the people who are involved um, that the people who are unhoused are not the other, they're us. And it's teaching them they are not excluded, they're part of us and we care. And it's showing the rest of our community that we'll do something about it. And it's getting them to provide us the resources to make that happen. And it's helping those people get to their housing. So I hope uh, um, uh, that we can all do this together. I'm uh, happy to talk a lot more during the, the talk back part. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to, be, uh, to answer any questions. So maybe I'll stop there. Just a few more dots. I want to, uh, you know, join the dots a little bit. One is that we are tentatively, as Campbell UCC, if we agree to move forward with this, the first month that we would do our own pilot run, just sort of a get our feet wet, see how it works for us, is July. And the reason why we tentatively put that on the books is because that's when the school is out. And so we had a meeting with Larry and Mary and uh, Brian and Bonnie and Ellen of Old Orchard School, because like First Congregational Church, who rents their property to a school as well, so do we. And naturally, parents and teachers had some concerns that needed to be ironed out before we could commit. So the school is still doing some discernment around what their needs are if we decide to move forward with this. That dialogue continues to unfold. So I just want to give you a little update. The purpose of this gathering today is to answer any outstanding questions or concerns before uh, we go to council and say, yes, we're ready, we're going, to, we're going to try this. So this is your chance to ask the questions. One of the things in my introduction that I didn't point out fully was that yes in my backyard stands for yes for housing. Many of you may not have heard of State Bill 50, which was turned down. Uh, but that bill was to create more affordable housing and would actually have overridden local city ordinances on, and planning and zoning with the goal of um, decreasing the building of family homes and maximizing the building of um, apartment buildings and buildings with, that would house multiple people at a time. And the purpose of the bill was to obviously address the housing shortage. And because it was turned down, again, now we're back in discuss discussing how we're going to address this crisis. 
Our congregations know that our little safe parking program isn't going to solve everything. What we do know is that it builds community across congregations, across faiths, across churches, across the city, even to the county, in some cases up to the state, depending on who we're talking to, with the local police, with local emergency services. So it is having a huge impact that we may not even be able to measure. The other way that it is having an impact is something that Brian pointed out was his anger, and I don't want to attach emotion, so if anger is inappropriate, let me know, that people who have nowhere else to sleep are not allowed to sleep on the street, on a public street. And something I just wanted to mention is most of you who know me know that I grew up poor. And so I uh, only recently entered what might be called the middle class and suddenly discovered that, especially in this context, I'm still poor. Because even though I'm earning median income, the housing that I can afford is a studio. And of course, you know that I have a son. So what's interesting is even though my income has increased, this, uh, the reality is that, that in California, I'm still just at a sort of poverty level above, right? And I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. <laughs> I am totally happy. But the, the real- these are the realities that we are facing. And one of the things that I also enjoy is that this work, it not only builds communities, but it, in America, we tend not to talk about class so much. We do talk about race. We have some literacy around talking about race now. What we don't have is literacy around talking about class. And classism in the U.S. is sort of the undercurrent. And so the not in my backyard, all the arguments that turn down affordable housing, why S-Bill got crushed, SB 50 got crushed, is because of what I would consider classism. And so... What we are finding is that this conversation is helping to overturn or reframe those conversations. And that is, without having these conversations, we will not be able to address our affordable housing crisis. And this is the work. When we talk about really putting, walking the talk, when we talk about inclusive welcome, when we talk about really being relevant in the world, this is how we do it. And I just want to lift up again Brian, who I love you know, finds himself surprised to be leading this work. Um, And this is how God works. It doesn't call the prepared. God doesn't call the prepared. God prepares the called. So again, I just want to, one more welcome and thanks for Brian for the work that he has done. Thank you, Brian. And then, of course, we'll answer your questions later. And we are ready for our anthem. Thank you.